It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes... Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, and welcome to the BBC Country Farm magazine podcast the podcast that takes you on adventures into the British countryside and talks to fascinating rural folk about their lives. This time, we have a very different story to tell. You may remember, back in early August, the big news from the village of Whaley Bridge in Yorkshire. Incredibly heavy rain had caused floodwaters to build up in the Todbrook Reservoir above the village, and the reservoir dam began to give way. The man who first raised the alarm about the crack in the dam wall and who subsequently led the community response to the impending disaster, was local vicar Father Jamie MacLeod. Here he tells our own Andrew Griffiths the incredible story of how Whaley Bridge was saved. For six days in August, Whaley Bridge was at the centre of a storm. Unprecedented rainfall opened up a crack in Tobbrook Reservoir Dam, which threatened to wash the Peak District town off the map. What happened next led to the largest ever peacetime evacuation in the UK. It also brought out the kind of community spirit that will be talked about for generations. The world's media's gone now, but ask around about that week, and so many stories lead to Father Jamie MacLeod, who has a retreat at Whaley Hall, at the top of the hill above the dam wall. It was Father Jamie who first alerted the authorities which led to the evacuation of the town. And it was Father Jamie at Whaley Hall who the community flocked around to provide food and succour to those emergency services at the sharp end of the enormous rescue effort. I went to Whaley Hall to talk to Father Jamie, and in a revealing conversation he tells the story of that week. I began by asking him to describe the moments when he first discovered the damage to the dam. The rain was coming down quite horrifically a few days before. And Sunday and the weekend, building up with water, everything was, the rivers, the whole lot. And on the, on the Tuesday night, Wednesday, early hours of Wednesday morning, I woke up to the sound of this almighty roar mm-hmm. of water. 
And when I got up the following day and went over to the dam, it was coming over full bore. Um, and I've never seen it go full bore like that. I've seen the water go over, you know, when the, the wind's sweeping across the water and it, it drives it over. And um, we, um, we went down in the morning, afternoon, evening, and about nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock. And a lot of water going over and everybody was there watching it and things. And the park was flooding and the water was high in the village. And you knew that too much water was actually going over the dam. Mm. And you knew that there was a danger. Um, the following morning... Did it cross your mind at that time that it might go? The I've, dam was I've, in danger of bursting. I've never trusted the dam. Really? Never never trusted the dam at all. Even though um, you blessed the village? from. Even though I blessed the village, I never... And I suppose looking back, that's probably one of the reasons why I actually... It's like the reason why I blessed the, the dam in 2010. You know, it's it is um, it's something which when the reservoir was drained at that time. Yeah, and um, it's something that you 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 look back with with lots of what's ifs and so forth. But if um, I had a phone call at seven thirty in the morning to say that my um, pomegranates were ready in Buxton, which I still haven't had to have to go and collect, and. Um, I um, thought, well, I won't go just yet. I'll go over to the dam. So I went over to the dam, and as I approached from the hall, which you can see the dam and hear the dam from here, it was starting to go yellow in one part. And um, as I went on top of it, there was, yes, yellow substance coming out of it, which looked like clay and looked like sand. And I thought, this, this shouldn't be happening. And um, the sluice keeper had arrived, and I asked him why he hadn't opened the dam. Mm -hmm. And the the response was a kind of, well, you know, I'm waiting for the hierarchy. And I said, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. I said, there's a village down there that, you know, if this goes, can be flooded. And at at 10.32 in the morning, he opened the sluice for the first time. And as he was opening the sluice, the stone slabs were cracking and moving above his above him, and he came back up to me, and I went down to the town hall, the mechanics. So what did you think when you saw that moving? That must have been. I was. I thought this shouldn't be happening, you know. Um, it's like when you look at an object that you just take for granted is solid. Yeah, that just should not be moving. Mm. It must be a really peculiar experience. And there was a lady who wanted to cross over the dam. And I said, and I, I said to her, "Don't cross the dam. It's not safe." And she decided to cross, and she ran across it. And um, I went down to the town hall, and I saw um, the town clerk, Andrew, and I saw um, the chair of the council, um, Martin. And my words were, at quarter to 11, you need to evacuate the village. (laughs) And within 15 minutes, all the slabs on that side started, had, had gone started to go, were sinking into the mud of it, and the water was coming through the side of the earth. And I thought, this is not a good a good sign. Mm-hmm. And there were people, parents, who were allowing the children to go at the base of the dam when I was telling them to get them get out, away from mm-hmm. it, you know, get them out of the park and everything else. About, I think it was about half 11, 12 o'clock, we rang the bell 
as an SOS to say there was a, a warning. And, um, you know, if, if, if you do SOS, people will think, why is the bell doing a certain mm. sound? And at two o'clock, just after two o'clock, the evacuation started. Within an hour, I put on Facebook that we wanted um, as much help as possible. And um, within the hour of the SOS, um, people started to arrive to the hall. And we must have had about 150 people to start with here. And um, I, we started putting something what we were going to do and people came that wanted to do sandbags and things. And of course, there was no sand and no sandbags. And I said, you know, if if people can bake and cook and if people wanted to, needed somewhere to come and stay, you know, there was 40 beds here. So that was the start of it. And then we started... It's an incredible response, that, though, isn't mm. it? And it makes you realise the power of social media yeah. as much as anything. Because David was telling you you've been quite sceptical about Facebook before. We started doing tea and coffee in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> a wheelbarrow? <laughs> tea and coffee in a wheelbarrow. But you, you wheeled that down to the yes. crew? So we took the um, <laughs> took the, uh, the tea in and the big tea in and the wheelbarrow and the tea bags and cold drinks and everything else. Yeah, that's quite a contrast with the high tech of Facebook and the, and the wheelbarrow in there. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And um, so we started doing that. And then we realised that this needed to be a bigger exercise. So we, we then started that we wanted to do food and things for them. And by this time, they were working night and day. And of course, no food and things. And what you have to realise is that the village was split into two halves, so north and south. So the mm. water had, had, had divided everybody. So you couldn't get from one side to the other. Mm. Um, it's because the pumps were pumping from pump, both sides as that's well, right. weren't they? And, um, and it was too unsafe to go from one side to the other because we didn't know uh, when the dam was going to go. Um, the dam came very close to going at six, about 6 o'clock in the evening. They ran off the bridge and about 4 o'clock in the morning. We were about 98% um, that the dam was going at that point. David said that 98% yeah. certain. That's what they, the, the yeah. professionals estimated. That's right, and 23 metres, we started off pumping out 23 metres of water. Yeah. And a 98% mm -hmm. chance of it yeah. gone, because I think what actually made the media at the time was a 50-50. Mm, that was the start of it, yeah. But you were say, you're saying, yeah. they came you're telling me it was 98%. They, yeah, they, at one stage, they yeah. thought it was that. Yeah. Um, and they... That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and they he knew within the first hour that the, the emergency services knew that this was a bigger job than just local fire brigade, everybody. Yeah. And that's when it became um, a national disaster. Yeah. And um, they came from all over the, the, the country to help. Um, and... Um, what people don't realise in the in the Rayleigh Bridge is that because they, you know, it'd be unfair for them to realise is the sense that actually there was um, body bags which were brought in. Really? Mm. Yeah, we had um, we had six emergency boats that were brought in from Pool, Wales, um, and that was not just looking for bodies; it'd be looking for body parts. I remember um, one of the one of the emergency crew came up to him and touched me on the shoulder and he said um you know we've got you with us um and that was that was something which was quite touching because basically 
if there was a front line, and as a priest, you were on the front line, mm. you know, and you know, you knew that that dam would be going at any time if it went. Mm. Um, that for for those of us that are in ministry, it's not just about helping the people then it's the next part what may happen mm. you know um you know it's 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 about you know you you, you do what you can do in that situation mm. um and it's it's not the nicest of situations to be thrown into and I, I i wouldn't risk i wouldn't throw it on anybody but i'm very very proud of how everybody came together um, you know, I'd never seen that in Rainy Bridge before. Um, you know, they, they talk about this wartime experience where everybody pulled together. They also said that it was the largest national disaster since the Second World War where everybody mm. came together. And there were over a thousand different organisations that came here to Rainy Bridge. You know, of our population, just over, just under 7,000 people. Mm. And... Um, I suppose you never know how you're going to react until I think you can't um, prepare for something like that. You can't can prepare you? for something like that, and it, and it it was about my every day rolled into one day, and you lost count of what day it was, what month it was, um, and there was one particular day. It was probably in a Tuesday. I can't remember, and I remember just standing there in the house and burst into tears and that's when that's when it first as opposed hit me um and um and i was aware the more i spoke about it and i opened up about how i felt the more other people were also opening up and other people were crying and we were crying together and um you know, and every time at the moment that a helicopter goes over or you hear a beep or whatever, people are on tenderhooks still. Suppose in your role, the ministry, you have a sense of responsibility. Did you feel that? <laughs> you do, I suppose. Um, to be To be strong for others, would you say? I don't think it's necessarily being strong for others. I think it's being there for people. Um, you know, you you are. Hopefully, you're somebody who, if people are in need, they can go to. Um, mm. And one of the things that we we did, and what I did on Facebook from the beginning, was we opened the church up here for twenty four hours a day, um, and that we offered that for people to come and light candles to pray. We we did um, a a liturgy on the Thursday evening and on the Sunday, um, and we invited people of faith and no faith, whatever their tradition, you know, that everybody was welcome. And I think that is one of the greatest things you can do is that you you open up um, your church or your building or whatever for everybody, you know, because that's that's a place where people need. Um, if it's if it's even just to come for a coffee or a talk, you know, to me that's as important as the person who came and helped make food 
you know, um, because everybody came together and... Um, Do you feel it strengthened your faith? I think, yes, I, I, have, great, I have great faith. Um, and I know that some people would say, if there was a God, why did this happen? And I would say, well, I, I have a great faith and a great God and the disaster didn't happen. We came very close to it happening. Um, and thank God it didn't happen. Um, but I, I think I'm drawn to the point, to, the, to, the, to those years of me going over and saying a blessing on the dam, mm. you know. Um, and whatever people's thoughts or, you know, their theology um, or their tradition, um, there are some people I know who will never understand what the Blessed Sacrament is or understand anything like that. Um, but for those that do understand um, sacraments, um, I think there is an understanding that, you know, God is present. And I think it's a case of in a sense, sometimes allowing God, you know, and believing in God to take over a, a situation um, that could have gone terribly wrong. And it was a situation that brought out the best in people? I think it did. Brought out the best in humanity. I think it brought the best out in everybody. Um, you know, there, there's, as you've come from the village today, and as you've probably been in Whaley Bridge this last two weeks, it's three weeks yesterday that the, it happened. Um, the time has gone so quick. Um, that there's been some wonderful things which are being done. I personally don't want to see the, the dam be put back. I would, if I had a stick of dynamite tomorrow, I'd blow it up. Um, I, I would like to see um, the water taken from being a reservoir to being a large lake back to being a wetland yes i i think that if it if it was made into a nature reserve with a large lake and there was a woodland walk with all wildflowers and everything that you could walk around it that was like a beach kind of thing that that was made safe a proper sluice system put on it going back to the riverbed so that it would desilt the the main brook and they could also put on there um, a water turbine so they could generate electricity. And there's no reason why they don't do that when, when all these electric cars are brought finally in. This could be the first green village in the country doing green electricity for cars. What a brilliant and very moving story. It's amazing to reflect that if it wasn't for the swift actions of Father Jamie and his community, we could have seen a serious disaster this summer with possible significant loss of life. We'll keep reporting on the Whaley Bridge story, and you can find out more at our website, countryfile.com, especially about the issues of flooding and water shortages that may be brought about through climate change. A huge thank you to Father Jamie and Andrew Griffiths for telling this story. Tune in next week for more great tales from the British countryside. Thanks for listening, and goodbye for now. <laughs>